Hey, True Crime Trucker fans, I have a special announcement. I'm giving away my True Crime Trucker podcast stickers for free. I've done away with my Patreon and have decided to give stickers out to anyone who would like them. All you have to do is reach out to me on social media. You can contact me through Facebook at the True Crime Truckers podcast group. You can send me an email at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Instagram at michael.prit81. Just send me a message with your shipping address, and I will mail you out a couple of stickers along with a thank you card at no cost to you. Welcome to the True Crime Truckers Podcast. This podcast deals with true crime and subjects such as rape, murder, and sexual assault. This podcast may not be suitable for younger listeners, so listener discretion is advised. done a lot of international cases on the show. Although I've done a handful, I haven't really ventured outside of the U.S. Yet on this episode, we once again traveled to our neighbors up north, Canada, for a case that I found was unbelievable as I was researching it. A man who was considered a dutiful and model soldier, a man also convicted of over 80 burglaries, two rapes, and two murders. Tonight on the True Crime Truckers podcast, I bring you the case of David Russell Williams. talk about Jessica because she was there with you for the whole day right mm-hmm. what kind of feelings were you experiencing while you were with her that day oh she was a very nice girl can you tell me why you killed her right do you know why you killed her well I think I killed her because I knew that uh, her story would be recognized story would be recognized? How do you mean? Well, because she knew I was taking pictures. David Russell Williams was born in Bromsgrove, England to Christine Nani and Cedric David Williams. His family emigrated to Canada where they moved to Chalk River, Ontario. His father was hired as a metallurgist at Chalk River Laboratories, Canada's premier nuclear research laboratory. 
After this relocation, the Williams family met another family, the Savkas, and they became good friends. Williams' parents divorced when he was six years old, and soon after, Nani Williams married Dr. Jerry Savka. During this time, Williams took the name Savka from his stepfather and moved again to Scarborough, Ontario, a suburb of Toronto. While in the Scarborough Bluffs area, Williams began high school at Birchmount Collegiate, but finished at Upper Canada College. He delivered the Globe and Mail newspaper and learned to play the piano. By 1979, his family moved to South Korea, where Savka was overseeing another reactor project. Williams completed his final two years of high school as a boarding student at Upper Canada College while his parents were in South Korea. In his final year in 1982, he was selected as a prefect for his boarding house. Williams then studied economics and political science at the University of Toronto Scarborough, graduating with a Bachelor of Arts in 1986. At UTSC, William engaged in pranks against his roommates, picking locked doors and hiding in rooms for hours to surprise the occupants. On June 1, 1991, Williams married Mary Elizabeth Harriman, who was an associate director of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada. According to Williams's biography that had been posted at the Department of National Defense website, he was a keen photographer, fisherman, and runner, and he and his wife were avid golfers. The couple moved to Orleans, a suburb of Ottawa, in July of 2006. By then, Williams had been posted to the Directorate of Air Requirements at the National Defense Headquarters. In December of 2010, Williams' wife began the process for filing for divorce, and together with a request to have any of her financial and medical information sealed by the court. Williams was regarded as a model military officer over the course of his 23-year career. He joined the Canadian Forces in 1987, received his first flying wings in 1990, and was posted to three Canadian Forces Flying Training School based at CFB Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, where he served for two years as an instructor. Promoted to captain on January 1, 1991, Williams was posted to the 434 Combat Support Squadron at CFB Shearwater, Nova Scotia in 1992, where he flew the CC-144 Challenger in the Electronic Warfare and Coastal Patrol role. In 1994, he was posted to the 412 Transport Squadron in Ottawa, where he transported VIPs, including high-ranking government officials and foreign dignitaries, also on Challengers. He was promoted to Major in November of 1999, and was posted to Director General Military Careers in Ottawa, where he served as a multi-engine pilot career manager. He earned a Master's of Defense Studies from the Royal Military College of Canada in 2004, with a 55-page thesis that supported the preemptive war in Iraq. And, in June 2004, he was promoted to Lieutenant Colonel, and the following month, he was appointed Commanding Officer of the 437th Transport Squadron at CFB Trenton, Ontario, a post he held for two years. 
From December of 2005 to May of 2006, Williams also served as commanding officer of Camp Mirage, a secretive logistics facility believed to be located at Al-Minhard Air Base in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, that provides support to Canadian forces operations in Afghanistan. Williams was posted to the Directorate of Air Requirements on July 1, 2006, where he served as Project Director for the Airlift Capability Project Strategic C-17 Globemaster and Tactical CC-130J Super Hercules and Fixed Wing Search and Rescue CC-127J Spartan, working under Lieutenant General Angus Watt at his posting. In January 2009, he was posted to the Canadian Forces Language School in Gatineau, Quebec, for the six-month period of French language training, during which he was promoted to colonel by recommendation of the now-retired Watt. On July 15, 2009, Williams was sworn in as the wing commander at the CFB Trenton by the outgoing wing commander, Brigadier General Michael Hood. CFB Trenton is Canada's busiest air transport base and locale of support for overseas military operations. Located in Trenton, Ontario, the base also functions as the point of arrival for the bodies of all Canadian Forces personnel killed in Afghanistan, and the starting point for the funeral procession along the, quote, Highway of Heroes, whence their bodies are brought to Toronto for autopsy. Williams had been described as an elite pilot and a, quote, shining bright star of the military. He had flown Queen Elizabeth II and the Duke of Edinburgh and the Governor General of Canada, the Prime Minister of Canada, and many other dignitaries across Canada and overseas in the Canadian Forces VIP aircraft. Seven-year-old Jessica Lloyd went missing on January 28, 2010. Investigators identified distinctive tire tracks left in the mud near her home. One week after her disappearance, the Ontario Provincial Police conducted an extensive canvassing of all motorists using the highway near her home from 7 p.m. on February 4, 2010 to 6 a.m. the following day looking for the unusual tire treads. Williams was driving his Nissan Pathfinder that day, rather than the BMW he usually drove, 
and an officer noticed the resemblance of his tire treads. These were subsequently matched to the tire treads near Lloyd's home. On February 7, 2010, Williams was at his newly built home in Ottawa, where his wife lived full-time and he lived part-time. When he was called by the OPP, and asked to come in for questioning. On February 7, 2010, Williams was interrogated at Ottawa Police Service headquarters by OPP Detective Staff Sergeant Jim Smith. The interview started at 3 p.m., and by 7.45 p.m., Williams was describing his crimes. The interrogation lasted approximately 10 hours. Excerpts of the confession were shown in court at Williams' sentencing hearing on October 20, 2010. In the confession, Williams gave details of his crimes, including sexual assaults in the suburb of Tweed, Ontario, and 82 break-ins and thefts. Some of them occurred in Ottawa homes within walking distance of his Orleans, Ontario home, where he lived with his wife. Other break-ins and thefts occurred in Belleville and in Tweed, where the couple had a cottage since 2004. He also told police where they could find evidence, including hidden keepsakes inside the Ottawa home. The couple had moved to the new house two months before he was interrogated by police. He told police where they could find the thousands of images he took of Lloyd and the two women that he sexually assaulted. He then identified on a map where he dumped Lloyd's body. Early the next morning, Williams led investigators to the woman's body in a secluded area of, on Cary Road, 13 minutes away from where he lived. Williams was also charged in the death of Corporal Marie-France Camille, a 37-year-old military traffic technician based at CFB Trenton who had been found dead inside her home in late November of 2009. Along with the murder charges, Williams was charged with breaking and entering, forcible confinement, and the sexual assault of two other women in connection with two separate home invasions near Tweed, Ontario, in September of 2009. According to reports, the women had been bound in their home, and the attacker had taken photos of them. Williams was arraigned and remanded into custody on Monday, February 8, 2010. The Canadian forces announced that day an interim commander would soon be appointed to replace him. Dave Cochran took over 11 days later and removed his biography from the Department of National Defense's website the following day. Hours after the announcement of Williams' arrest, police services across the country reopened unsolved homicide cases involving young women in the areas where Williams had previously been stationed. According to news reports, police began looking at other unsolved cases based on a full statement that Williams gave to police. A week after his arrest, investigators reported that, along with hidden keepsakes and other evidence that they had found in his home, they had matched a print from one of the homicide scenes to his boot. In addition to four primary incidents, the investigations into Williams includes probes into 48 cases of theft of women's underwear dating back to 2006. In the searches of his Ottawa home, police discovered stolen lingerie that was neatly stored, cataloged, 
and concealed. In April of 2010, Williams was placed on suicide watch at Quinty Detention Center in Napanee, Ontario, after he tried to kill himself by wedging a stuffed cardboard toilet paper roll down his throat. After his conviction, he was stripped of the rank of Colonel in the Royal Canadian Air Force, as well as his military decorations of the Southwest Asia Service Medal with Afghanistan clasp and the Canadian Forces decoration with one clasp by order of the Governor General of Canada, David Johnston. He will be allowed to keep his military pension, equal to $60,000 Canadian, per year as his pension can only be removed through an act of Parliament. Williams appeared before the Ontario Court of Justice in Belleville, Ontario via video link from his Quinty Detention Center on July 22, 2010, where his next court appearance was set for August 26. Again, via video link, Williams waived his right to a preliminary inquiry and thus had the next appearance scheduled for the Ontario Superior Court of Justice for October 7, 2010. Williams' lawyer stated that his client would plead guilty to all charges filed against him. On October 18, 2010, Williams pleaded guilty to all charges. On the first day of Williams' trial and guilty plea, details emerged of other sexual assaults he committed, including that of a new mother who was woken with a blow to the head while she and her baby were asleep in her house. The first day of trial revealed that Williams also had a pedophilic tendency, stealing underwear of girls as young as nine years old. He made 82 fetish-related home invasions and attempted break-ins between September of 2007 and November of 2009. Williams had progressed from break-ins to sexual assaults with no penetration to rape and then finally murder. He had kept detailed tracks of police reports of the crimes he was committing, logged his crimes, kept photos and videos, and had even left notes and messages for his victims. In a break-in into the bedroom of a 12-year-old, he left a message on her computer saying, Merci, thank you in French. He had taken thousands of pictures of his crimes and had kept photos on his computer. Crown attorney Robert Morrison presented numerous pictures of Williams dressed in the various pieces of underwear and bras that he had stolen, frequently masturbating while lying on the beds of his victims. Some of the photos presented on the first day of his trial were published in several newspapers. As some newspapers explained, although troubling, the photos were published because they captured the essence of the crimes of Williams and show the true nature of his crimes. Among the news medias that published some of the released photographs were the Montreal Gazette and the Toronto Star. Ontario Superior Court Justice Robert F. Scott sentenced Williams on October 22, 2010 to two concurrent life terms with no chance of parole for 25 years. The Governor General revoked Williams's commission and later medals, and he was expelled from the Canadian Forces for service misconduct, the most serious extent charge. After being returned to the forces, his uniform was burned, 
His medals were cut into pieces, and his commission scroll, the instrument of his commission, was shredded, these actions being similar to a military degradation. His vehicle, a pathfinder, was similarly crushed and scrapped. Williams currently collects a $60,000 annual military pension. In May of 2010, he and his wife also split their real estate holdings, leaving Williams the sole owner of the cottage in Tweed and his wife the sole owner of their Ottawa townhouse. Williams refused to pay $8,000 in victim surcharge fines, resulting in action being taken against him by a collection agency. Williams was initially incarcerated at Kingston Penitentiary in the prison's segregation unit. After the prison began the process of closing, he was moved to Port Carter Institution, a maximum security prison in Port Carter, Quebec. On May 10, 2012, the Canadian forces announced that it had made, quote, a terrible mistake by publishing a booklet with photographs bearing the likeness of Williams in the background and ordered 4,000 copies of the book destroyed. The photograph was incidental due to the subject matter of the book, but the image was felt to be offensive. Now 57, Williams is a prisoner at Quebec's Port Cartier Institution, a maximum security facility 500 miles northeast of Montreal. Williams will serve a minimum of 25 years before parole eligibility. Canadian law does not allow for a sentence of life without parole. This means that Williams will have his first parole hearing in 2035. Since he has been convicted of multiple murders, Williams is not eligible for early parole under the, quote, faint hope clause of the Canadian Criminal Code. David Russell Williams' case is a very intriguing one, to say the least. From all the research I've seen on the case, it seems as if his friends and family had no idea the type of person Williams really was. It seems he was very good at compartmentalizing those two aspects of his personality. It has been rumored in recent years that his wife may have known that he was a sexual predator. However, without any proof, this is just conjecture at this point. What we do know is that his crimes were escalating, so it's safe to say that had he not been caught, his victim count would definitely be higher. One interesting thing I also found was that his next-door neighbor was the initial suspect in the break-ins in and around their neighborhood, and the place where he dumped Jessica Lloyd's body was near a hunting blind owned by his next-door neighbor so it appears he was trying to frame the neighbor for the murder. Although Williams is eligible for parole in 2035 due to Canada's legal system, I wouldn't worry about him ever being released. As always, you can contact me at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com 
or join the Facebook group at True Crime Trucker Podcast Group. You can also join Age of Radio's Facebook group at Addicted to Podcasting. This is a group dedicated to the show hosts and fans of Age of Radio shows. You can also visit my website at www.ageofradio.org slash truecrimetruckers slash. There you can browse the bazaar where you can purchase items from our wonderful sponsors as well as browse other shows on the Age of Radio Syndicate. You can also find me on Instagram at michael.prit81. I will return in two weeks with another case to present. So until then, stay safe.